others. My name's Joey, and I'm joined by Shavar. How's it going, Shavar? Oh, it's going wonderful, Joey. How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, before we get into the story, uh, do you want to tell people like where you're from and what you do? Yes, sir. Uh, well, um, full name is Shavar Goodlow. Uh, I'm from Ben Harbor, Michigan. I am a cook and chef, and I own my own business in Ben Harbor. It's a baking business called Chef Life Creations. We make some of the best cheesecakes in Southwest Michigan. That's great, man. That's that's fantastic to hear. Um, what's what's it like living in in Michigan and ha- and running your own business? Uh, it is definitely a surprise, um, to say the least. Um, I actually just started this business roughly around a year ago, and the response that I've got from the people around here has been amazing. Um, I've gotten so many orders and gotten to do so many things and meet so many different people. So. It's definitely been a promising thing, and I'm looking forward to what the future has for me. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, well, it sounds like your your story is going to kind of touch a, a couple of those things anyway, so do you just want to go ahead and hop right in and tell your story? Yeah, um, I can hop right in. Um, so this story will kind of be just my journey in a sense and how uh, a lot of life events have led me to the person that I am today and the impact that those life events have had, whether they be small or whether they be huge. Um, I want to start off just uh, by my upbringing. Um, I was born in 1986 uh, to two amazing parents, Herman and Emma Goodlow, Um, raised me up in the right way and raised me up to be very respectful and very honorable of people. Um, I want to say I got my cooking bug around the age of seven or eight, um, I always was always curious uh, because my dad would always cook breakfast on Saturday mornings because Saturdays and Sundays were his days off of work. So he used to uh, wake me up with him some mornings and uh, I started off, you know, just like making biscuits, the most simple thing, or like stirring the eggs. And you know, the older that I got among the years, I got to do a little bit more. So then I started to actually cook breakfast with them side by side. And I think at the age of 12, I cooked my first official breakfast for my family. And I was I was proud of myself. I did it. I did it by myself. I was I was a very happy and earnest young man to do that, especially at that young age. And that's where I kind of got my passion for cooking, but I never knew where it would ultimately take me. Mm -hmm. Um, Throughout my schooling years and through high school, I kind of was uh, deep into books in a lot of the sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. I kind of left the cooking, I don't want to say behind, but I didn't cook as much through high school, but it always was a on the on like the back burner you know i would cook for myself like or if my parents would go out of town i remember an instance (laughs) it's funny um they had frozen filet mignons in their uh basement freezer Mm -hmm. and they had gone out of town and i had wanted steak of course so i had bought i was working at uh, martin supermarket at the time and i had bought all of the sides for it And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to just try to cook the steak. First time ever cooking a filet mignon steak. And it was so thick. (laughs) I will never forget this. It was so thick. I thought when the outside was cooked, I'm like, all right, it's done. It's ready to rock and roll. And I cut that thing open, and it was the rarest piece of meat (laughs) that I had ever seen in my life. Oh, my goodness. But ultimately, I still, I mean, I still had dinner. I still had eight and it was, I mean, it was very tough and, but it, it didn't kill me, obviously. So, um, but I mean, I could just remember instances like that. And then, um, you know, just going through my high school years, graduating from uh, Coloma High School in uh, Coloma, Michigan, Um a lot of the relationships that I had there kind of shaped me going into my college years. And I graduated from Coloma in 2004 and I played football while I was at Coloma as well. And that actually led me to probably one of the most awesome relationships that I'm going to ever have, but that's going to of course come down a little bit later down the line. Um, Graduating high school, I went into college pretty much right after that. Um, I want to say by summer, I was graduated from high school. By fall, I was right into college. Mm -hmm. And 
I went for the first time I went for um, elementary education because I wanted to follow behind my mother. She's a um, teacher in the Ben Harbor Area School District for 36 years. Ultimately, she retired. I want to say eight to 10 years ago and very well respected woman in the in the Ben Harbor Area School District. But I wanted to ultimately follow behind her. But then I got into college and kind of realized this is elementary ed is not necessarily where I want to go or where I want to be. So I ultimately switched to majors Now I switched majors into applied sciences, graphic design. And when I say it was tough, it was tough. I always admired graphic design, but I never was a big um I never was a big technical person. I always would admire the beauty of it, but I mm -hmm. never knew the technical aspect and what it really took to become a graphic designer. But that ultimately being in that program, that showed me a lot. Um, it showed me discipline and it showed me a good work ethic. Um, the teacher that was in that program, Mr. Brandon Pierce, mm -hmm. awesome mentor. Uh, shout out to Mr. Pierce because he really helped me out a lot and showed me a lot. I was, I want to say back then in college, I kind of took it for granted in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, I feel, I felt like I could just easily, I could come to class and do the bare minimum and I'll be okay. And he held me to that standard. He was like, no, I'm not going to let you just slide by and skate by. You're going to work hard for what you have. And it rolled around into a situation where my daughter was uh, actually being born. Um, March 23rd, 2010 is her birthday. So happy birthday to my baby girl. But um, she was uh, actually being born and I was actually um, working at the same time in school and trying to make sure that I graduate with my degree in applied sciences, graphic design, because I was a little bit behind. But Mr. Right. Pierce worked with me um through that actually he actually told me um you know if anything ever happens where you have to you know miss a class or two uh i'll allow you to make that up because i know you're going through a major life experience with your daughter being born and i'm so happy he actually did that because with my daughter being born so she was she went to Borges, my wife did, Amanda, Amanda Goodlow. She went to Borges Hospital and for the entire day, I sat up there the entire day with her and nothing happened, like no contractions, nothing actually happened. So she was like, hun, just go back home, go to class the next day. If anything happens, then I will, I'll call you. Mm -hmm. That was around 11 o'clock that night. I came home, uh, started to get some sleep. Around about 1.30 in the morning, that phone rang and it was my wife. And she was like, basically, you need to come up to Borges Hospital right now. I was like, OK, um, I will be there in a minute. So I hopped in my car. I pretty much was in at Portage within 30 minutes because I, she said I need to get there. I'm going to get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I get, walk in the hospital. I run past the security guard. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, my daughter's being born. And she was like, all right, go right ahead. <laughs> so I ran up to the floor and I thought I had missed them because I ran to the third floor and the bed that she was in, she wasn't there. So I start to panic a little bit. And the nurse was like, come on, I'm going to take you right down to where she is. Mm -hmm. She took me downstairs to where she was uh, actually being C-sectioned. And I had found out that the reason that she hadn't went into labor is because my daughter's umbilical cord was actually wrapped around her neck. Oh, man. So the body actually wouldn't, excuse wow. me, my fault a little bit because I get somewhat emotional saying this, but no, the, no bo problems, the body wouldn't allow her to go into labor. So they recognized that and they did an emergency C-section and I came into the room where Amanda was on the table, my wife, and her mother was right next to her. And I literally walked in the room and within 30 seconds, my daughter was born. So I literally, by the skin of my teeth, 
<laughs> was able to be there for my daughter being born. That's amazing. And the fact that the all the events that led up to that, and if she actually would have went into labor, I I can't bear to think of the things that would have. I just I can't bear to think of that. But I'm just so blessed and happy that my daughter was born healthy, happy. I was able to uh, do the skin to skin first skin to skin contact for the first five hours of her life. Um, and it was just a, that was one of the life experiences that just really kind of changed my direction and changed my path in a sense. Um, it was beautiful. It was just that that particular uh, thing was beautiful. But having her and then pretty much graduating, I want to say three months after that, mm-hmm. while also um, helping my wife out raise her that um to get that first degree that was amazing and that was something and i thank mr pierce for holding me to that standard and helping me to build that character um because without that and without him i would have probably skated and just done the bare minimum for the most part through life right yeah so uh that was actually my first time going to school so um fast forward i actually had a, another opportunity to go to school because my dad was a, a retired vietnam veteran and because i was still underneath the age i was able to go back to school on his montgomery gi bill so that was a blessing and very much a blessing because because i was able to go to school, all paid for by the government, and I was actually able to go back to school and focus on something that was more of my passion. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, what, what 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 did I do? I was like, you know what? They had just started a culinary program that year. So I'm going to dive in. I'm going to dive in full throttle, and I'm going to make the most of this opportunity and see what I can get. So I ultimately went in for culinary but after the first semester i recognized that you could get your hospitality degree was not was very was not very many credits off and i would probably have to go an extra two semesters but ultimately i could get two degrees out of this particular run that i'm doing in school right so um i went back to lake michigan college ultimately on a culinary degree ultimately to get my culinary degree excuse me and um I was introduced to the Dean of Hospitality, Chris Woodruff. And when I say that this man is, I feel like he's the Superman of hospitality. (laughs) (laughs) He is amazing. Um, Not just for the amount of work that he does within the school, but the amount of work that he does within within Michigan, period. Um, He works very closely with, so many different individuals and so many different businesses to highlight uh the hospitality aspect of um southwest michigan so i i have to just like give huge shouts out to that man because he's amazing (laughs) um so chris um ultimately was my professor in a couple of classes but he also kind of guided me in a sense uh with the classes that i needed to take um, so every class was an adventure in a sense. Um, I learned, I got to learn so much about the industry through so many different, uh, instructors and so many different events. One of the events that we did was a event called, uh, murder mystery dinner. And okay. I, I'm pretty sure you've heard of that. It's, uh, where the students of LMC, the hospitality and culinary program, we combine and we create a dinner experience for the entire evening. So there's a uh, silent auctions where you can win, where you can uh, bid money to win different, different items such as gift cards, uh, wine bottles, experiences and events. Um, there's also an open bar. There is um, a photo booth. There's uh, so many different things that we showcase uh we get to showcase kind of what we've learned throughout the semester and i became an expert at these events because i did ultimately four of them okay 
So through my years, I did four of these events, but the first event was probably the most memorable event. Um, there was a teacher who was teaching the culinary program there by the name of Chef Nathan Spleece. And he was a he was a young young man at the time, I believe he was in his lower 20s, but he had a lot of experience. He had cooked at um, Emerald Emerald Chef Emerald's restaurant. Oh, wow. And um, he had went through the culinary program uh, and graduated. I can't exactly remember where it was, but I he come he came very well recommended. So I was ultimately on the hospitality side this night and I went into the kitchen and literally there was one person in the kitchen with chef. And I'm like, wow, nobody's, nobody's in here with this man. So I was like, so I took it upon myself to be like, you know what? I'm on batting down the hatches. I'm a, I'm going into culinary anyway. Right. I'm, I'm going to take it upon myself to take myself out of the front of the house because that's where everybody was and to put myself in the back of the house with him just to help him out. You know, I didn't think anything of it. So we literally, me and him had one of the funnest times I've ever had in a kitchen at that murder mystery dinner. And we worked our butt off. It was me, him and uh, one other, uh, two other individuals, actually, um, one of my fellow graduates, Rodrigo Abarca, who I now owns um, Oaks Eatery in Three Oaks, Michigan. Guys, go out and check that out. It's great breakfast food. Great breakfast food. Oh my goodness! Um, but one and it was another individual. I can't uh, exactly remember who that was. But when I say we had fun that night, and I got to learn so many cooking techniques um, from knife knife handling to Organization. Organization was a big key. Um, mise en place, which is basically making sure everything is set before service. Um, and I had had a little bit of experience with this because I had worked at uh, Lake Michigan College in the dish pit. So with that, I was, of course, washing every dish that came from every event. But also we would be uh, pulled aside to plate certain plates. So I had had some experience, but the experience that I was given with Chef Nate. Oh, man, I won't. I can't take that back for the world. But being first introduced to him, we rocked out the first murder mystery event. And after that, it was just memories after memories of every single event uh, prior. Um I want to say I have memories from every event, but the third year was probably very impactful because there's a, a lady by the name of Nadine Kurzman. Mm -hmm. Her name now is Nadine Johnson, but uh, we rocked the third one out as well. Um, <laughs> literally running. I was running back and forth doing culinary and hospitality. I had had experience in the events by then. So I was doing front of the house and back of the house no problem while also still you know going to class and going to school but also working at um a local restaurant i believe i was working at sonic at the point at this point um and i had helped open that restaurant so i was literally all over the place doing a little bit of everything mm -hmm. but nothing would stop my work ethic um so i've i've done these murder mystery events um and fast forward to I went from uh, opening up the Sonic, which uh, was an amazing experience, but at the same time, it was also not the best experience because I was, my eyes were opened a lot to a lot of different things. Um, working at Sonic was probably one of the best experiences that I had, but for all of the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. because at that restaurant, I was first introduced to it, and it seemed like on the surface everything was very well and good, but I started to get what is called the corporate uh, the corporate bash, in a sense, to where it's a beautiful picture, but everything behind the picture is not exactly what it seems. Right. Yeah, you know, you got that the facade of everything's going great, but the background, it's a, it's a messy kitchen. Oh my gosh. It was, and it was messy all the way around. It wasn't just with, it was with upper management. It was with the people that I had trusted 
as my bosses. Um, one of those instances where if I if I can elaborate a little bit. Yeah. Um, one of those instances I had. Um, so I was the shift manager there and I started out as a shift manager and, you know, I'm running my shifts as good as I can. But then there was an instance where the. This wasn't the general manager. This was the operational manager. And I won't mention any names, but um, he had came to me and he was like, yeah, so we have this thing where we have reviews online and uh, these people, well, they have the receipts. And at the bottom of the receipt, there's a phone number that you can call. And then there's um, a 12 digit code that they give you so that you they can review your experience and how it was. Mm hmm. He told me out of his own mouth, okay, sir, can you please um, go and take these receipts? And he handed me receipts and had me physically call and fake all of the reviews just so that it would look good when people looked at us on Google. Yeah. And it was like, huh? If our, and granted, we had decent food, don't get me wrong, but I. I can't put myself behind a lie. I'm sorry. I, my integrity can't have me put myself behind something like that. Like I can't, if it's, if it's bad, let's improve it, but let's not fake it just so that we can get dollars in the door. Mm -hmm. So that led me to leave there and go to silver Harbor all while I'm still going to school and silver Harbor brewing company was, uh, uh, interesting experience, very much so. Again, um, and a lot of these experiences that I'm describing, it honestly is not the company in a sense. It's the management of the company. Um, and there was a manager there named Ben Dahl. And actually, it's ironic. I started working at Silver Harbor, and who do I run into when I work at Silver Harbor? Chef Nathan Spleece. Oh, well. my man from uh the murder mystery dinners so yeah, yeah. I, this is uh around the time where i'm closer to graduate i haven't graduated yet but i'm closer to graduating with my degrees in culinary and hospitality management so i run back into my man i'm like chef nate how ironic that i run back into you here so you know we have a good rapport good relationship the whole time i'm working at silver harbor i was hired in there to become an assistant manager um as my training was going into place, um, the guy that I mentioned, Ben Dahl, he was not necessarily the easiest person to work with and not the necessarily the easiest person to be around. Um, yeah. A lot of employees there felt the same way that I did with uh, just instances that he had, like slinging things around the kitchen, um, yelling at employees and like there's just a in the kitchen there's a certain way that you can come across you can be come across stern without like yelling and screaming and acting like a child in a sense yeah, yeah. um you and, can respect without needing to be domineering and 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 look down on people you can just treat people as equals and they will ultimately do what you ask them to do exactly and i think he ruled more so by fear and and so with the instances that I had at him, that caused me to leave there. And um, I want to say right after that, I graduated with my degrees in culinary and hospitality management. So uh, that was a big salute. Um, happy to happy to have those done. But um, right before I graduated, there was a man named Luis Amado that was hired in as the program director and program leader and i love that man to this day because he i wish i could have had all my years underneath him because he was just so awesome and um he's actually still currently at the school now but he he really took me under his wing while i was there in my last years and kind of honed me in in a sense and had me kind of figure out the direction that i want to take now, I did put that on the back burner in a sense because I did, with the amount of restaurants that I had worked in and had bad experiences in, I felt like it was time for a break. I really felt like it was time for a break. So I took that break and I decided after um, Silver Harbor, actually, after a business called Tapestry, 
where I was I was hired in there just as a line cook, but then everyone generally left um, because of management. Mm-hmm. But I decided to stay and I was named the kitchen manager. So I ultimately had to rebuild myself, rebuild the kitchen back up in a sense from the ground up from hiring pretty much employees who had very little kitchen experience to ones who didn't necessarily fit the job. I had had one friend that I did hire who had kitchen experience and helped out a lot. Um, But once again, another place where just, it, it just didn't, it didn't work out and it didn't gel and it wasn't I, I felt like I did everything that I possibly could in all of these instances. Like I worked overtime. I came in on my days off when people didn't come in. I would come in on separate time to clean certain things. And I mean, I guess it, it just didn't gel with how they particularly wanted things to go. So um I was ultimately demoted at that job and they basically said in so many words, um, we're going to have a person that we prefer take your position with everything you've built up. We're going to have her take your position. Could you train her? Man, that's terrible. It, it, it left definitely a sour taste in my mouth. Um, And ultimately, I got up and I walked out. And when I walked out of there, I also I pretty much had walked away from the food industry for a little while because there was just too many instances where it just left sour tastes in my mouth. And I felt like I did everything possible for these businesses in order to facilitate myself for them the best way that I can. And it wasn't received or appreciated as well. So I felt like I did need to take a break from the industry for a while. Um, But when I took that break, I kind of realized how much I missed it. I went to go sell cars at LaValle in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And um, those guys are amazing, by the way. Please go down there and... um buy yourself a car or get you some service. Um, go see John Plyer. He's the sales manager there and he is top notch. Amazing guy. Another connection that I made that with John, it was more of a spiritual connection. Um, I, I look to him as kind of my spiritual buddy in a sense, because he's, he's very deeply rooted in, in the church and in his uh, beliefs. So um, that was just another, I believe that I went there to ultimately meet him and to ultimately find my passion again for the food industry. Mm-hmm. So I leave from the Valley and I go to, I, I, I kind of go searching a little bit. So then I ultimately end up at Wings, et cetera, in Ben Harbor. Um, I stayed there for a year, roughly. And then I uh, decided to go to a place called the Full Circle Cafe in Stevensville. And uh, going from Wings to Full Circle, it was literally night and day. Um, from going from a place where you work mostly evenings and working mostly like lunch rushes to going to a place where you work more breakfast. Uh, it was definitely a shock and it shocked my psyche in a sense, but I think it was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me working for full circle. Um, the owners there, Ryan and Jamie Bendowski are, um, which this is located in Stevensville. Please go there for your breakfast and your, uh, baked goods. Uh, but, their their heart is so huge and they do so much for the community and they took me in kind of as a novice to breakfast like i didn't ultimately i didn't know how to flip an egg (laughs) 
I didn't know what an over easy, over medium egg was. Basted eggs. I I had no clue. I had I had an idea, of course, from cooking breakfast with my dad, but mostly we made scrambled and fried eggs. So it was it was a whole new. And even being in culinary school, like I learned certain things about eggs, but I never actually cooked them. So of course I was nervous coming into the door, but I always take all of my challenges on full with a full head of steam and i believe i and i believe this wholeheartedly that molded me to be ultimately the hard skinned chef i am today because when you're on a line and you are there for and any line cook knows this and you literally have a rail full of tickets and you are locked into that position and you can't really move from your position or otherwise the line and everything will fall behind the cracks mm-hmm. that that was full circle cafe we we were very we it was a very busy restaurant and we cranked out a lot of food and to start off i just started off you know just generally line cooking but i slowly evolved to running the kitchen for a little while and without the without the title necessarily but i i grew to own that kitchen like that was my kitchen nobody nobody could tell me anything about anything i was locked into everything and it was all for the betterment of the business and the betterment of jamie and ryan and trying to grow and expand on what we were doing now i had moved to full circle and ironically my man chef nathan spleece <laughs> he come he comes back up in this story because he uh bought mr euros in stevensville now he bought mr euros in stevensville right around the time i was working at full circle and i just walked into mr euros randomly because me and my parents used to get mr euros all the time when we were when I was younger, so around seven or eight, and I just went into Mr. Euro's just to see. I knew it was a place that I had ate before. Mm-hmm. Walk in the door, and that man is standing behind the counter. What's up, buddy? <laughs> that his famous phrase, what's up, buddy? I'm like, oh my goodness. I walked in there to get lunch and I run into you. So, you know, we talk and we conversate. And he was like, Hey, bro, I really if you're not working anywhere or doing anything, I ultimately want you to, I want you to come work for me and I want us to work together. And I was like, that is one of my passions. I want to do that, but I'm actually currently locked down at Full Circle Cafe and I was still at Wings part-time, but I was trying to hold down those two. And he was he was disappointed and i was disappointed too because we both want we had built this relationship over the course of time and our dream we had talked about it at silver harbor was to work together again so we were both sad and we were both um upset about that so i went back to work at wings and as fate may have it things just didn't work out there um there was an instance there where I found out that there were just unfair working practices there. And I started to think, oh, here we go again with the same disappointments. So I ultimately left there and I went pretty much a day later and was like, yeah, Chef Nate, uh, if you could take me part time, I would love to work for you part time. He took me on part time and we ran with it and I was working full circle and working Mr. Gyro's both hand in hand, pretty much. Um, now that goes to November of, uh, that current year where, uh, a friend of mine, his name is Brian Jenkins shared my post on Facebook. I mean, I shared my post, excuse me. He shared a post on Facebook of a peach cobbler cheesecake. I'll never forget it. <laughs> He shared that post and was like, uh, this looks so good. Um, I want one of these. So I comment with, with me, I bet mm-hmm. you I can make that cheesecake for you and make it better than what the picture is. 
he was like, all right, I'm going to take you on on that. Mm-hmm. I want to say three days later, called him up. Hey, bro, come to the house. Now, I have never made a cheesecake in my life. Not, <laughs> I promise you, I have never baked really a day in my life other than, you know, the packages of cookies that you get out of the store and mix right. up. Hey, that's my extent of baking. My wife was a baker. <laughs> so, um, we, um, I, I had got it and I was nervous, honestly, when he said, all right, I'm going to take you on. And then I'm like, oh boy, I didn't kind of jumped into the water with the sharks. Now. <laughs> I don't know the first thing about it. So I kind of, I did a little bit of research and I was like, okay, um, you could do the no bake. I mean, no bake whipped cheesecake and that'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, well, no, that's not really it's not really authentic to me. And I always pride myself on being authentic when it comes to life and when it comes to baking. So I'm like, what would be ultimately like the hundred percent authentic cheesecake? And I started to look up New York style cheesecakes and I seen that they were baked in a spring form pan for, um, for a certain amount of time. And I'm like, Hmm, I think that'll be the way to go instead. So I um, went to the store, bought springform pan, baked the baked the cheesecake, and I'm like, "All right, the cheesecake came out well, no problem." Mm-hmm. But but now I still got to do the toppings and everything and make it make it look presentable. Okay. So I thought about going to the store and getting canned food, canned fruit, and I'm like, "Well, no, I can't get canned fruit. Our peaches in season." Luckily, peaches were in season, so I went and got fresh peaches, golden grams for the topping, and I um, peeled the peaches, you know, cooked them down, got the golden grams, baked them off, and presented him with this peach cobbler cheesecake. That And I took a picture, posted it on Facebook. I was like, peach cobbler cheesecake looks good, and I put fire emojis. Fire. When I tell you that one cheesecake led me to four other cheesecakes that week, and it literally kickstarted Chef Life Creations out of nowhere. Like, I literally was not expecting this pivot in my life because I was always good at cooking. Right. But baking was so foreign to me. I was like, I don't know if I want to, I mean, I took it on, but do I really want to make this pivot and try to make something of it? So I continued to make a cheesecake here or there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a shot and see if this is something that I can really make into my own. So I created a Facebook page, um, I had created an email address, Instagram page, all of that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going I'm to I'm I'm throw this into the water because me and a friend of mine, Bruce Benson, who um, has made so many countless shirts and masks for me, we've talked several times about what we ultimately both want to do when we start our business. And these conversations that we had ultimately pumped me up to do it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the conversations that we had and everything that we talked about, and I'm going to apply it into this and see what could come of it. And for the first couple months, I want to say it started off a little bit slow, but I was also working at Full Circle and working at Mr. Mr. Euros um, and trying to do this as well. So it started off slow, but then... Um, as everyone knows, the pandemic hit, Corona hit, and it put a a lot of people just out of work and in some, so many different positions. Um, and I was one of the people that was affected by that. Um, I was out of work and I was literally at home every day and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to push this chef life thing maybe a little bit harder and see where I can come from it. So I just got in, literally got in the kitchen and started baking different combinations of cheesecakes that I could think of. Um, Peach cobbler, 
strawberry. Um, let's see. Uh, I had a turtle. Um, blueberry. Uh, then I started experimenting with cereal cheesecake. So I did a Fruit Loops cheesecake one time, and I uh -huh. did. Yeah, I did a um, Fruity Pebbles one. Um, then I experimented a little bit with candy bars. So I did a Butterfinger. I did a Snickers. I've done an Almond Joy. Um, and I just started, you know, uh, and also getting ideas from people. Um, so some someone would come to me, and that's where the creations part came in. Um, people would come to me and be like, have you ever made a Reese's Cheesecake? And I'm like, No. But I would definitely love to take a shot at it. Um, <laughs> see where it comes, see where it leads me to be. And I put together the Reese's Cheesecake, display it on Facebook, of course, and then uh, display it to whoever ordered it. And I would get the feedback and people would say, this is literally the best cheesecake I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and when people started, and I'm still humbled by that when people say that, when people yeah. say that it, it humbled. It literally humbled me so much. And I actually talked to a friend of mine. His name is Deron Patton about this more and more as I started on my ground. And he's like, what ultimately do you what is your hurdle that you're trying to overcome? And one of my biggest hurdles was I was making literally putting graham crackers in a bag and crushing the crust out of that because mm -hmm. I couldn't afford a food processor, really. So he was like, bro, no problem. Just wait a couple days. I got you. A couple days later, a food processor comes in the mail. And I'm like, bro, I, okay, what do I owe you for this? He's like, you don't owe me nothing. It's just to help you get started on your inspirational journey. That's amazing. It was, when I say that there are, the all the people that I've mentioned have impacted my life in such a way it's amazing, man. It is literally amazing. And so he started that, and then that literally took me off into the stratosphere. And um, I come back to Chef Nathan Spleece, ultimately, because I'm currently now working at Mr. Euro's in Stevensville, and I have made Mr. Euro's and Chef Life my ultimate jobs. And when I say that him and his wife, Mercedes, have impacted my life in such a way that I can, I, I thank them so much. I cannot repay them. Um, he's showcased my, I want to say, desserts and talents at his restaurant uh, three or four different times. I was able and blessed enough to be able to do desserts for his wedding. Um, wow. I The... And to think that, and that's why I say that with the story, to think that a chance meeting, what, when I was back in school years ago, would lead to the life kind of friendship that we've grown over the years and the bond that we've made over the years. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It's it's something that I'll, and I'm getting something in my story, I promise, but it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. But it's something that I'll never um, the, the you never know in life what small relationships can lead to just life changing friendships. Hmm. And for me, having a chance meeting with him years ago, for me talking to my brother, Bruce Benson, about starting my business from Der from Deron Patton, who's um, talked to me constantly throughout the years, um, just feeding me energy and feeding me knowledge and feeding me different tips on my business. Just those relationships that I've cultivated from just chance meetings have sh really shaped me to be the person that I am today. And I thank those guys for that 100%. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to hear you hear you talk about uh, this entire the entire story. I mean, you, you sound so passionate about uh, cooking and baking, and it, it's it's just amazing to see somebody that is able to come go through all that 
and time and time again get discouraged, but yet you still, you just had such a burning passion for, for cooking that you, you let all that fall to the wayside because you knew this is something you wanted to do. Yes. And ultimately, I mean, I will tell this for anybody that has a dream or if anybody takes the time to, to listen to my story, keep pushing everything that is worth it takes time energy and respect to the craft yeah if it's something that you really want to do give it the time give it the energy and don't let the discourages the things that discourage you stray you from your path because if you give it the time and the energy that it deserves the the fruits at the end of it are so plentiful so plentiful that's great advice, man. Yeah, I hope I hope somebody hears it and somebody takes it. I'm hoping uh, so. But thank you for letting me like literally tell my story. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, no, it was it was great to hear you talk about all this 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 journey you went on and how you you kind of built yourself up and and are now having a, a business of your own that sounds like it's doing fairly well. It it definitely is, and I think um all of the people who support me from my parents to everybody who's uh, liked my page, bought a custom creation for me. Um, Brandon Wilcox, because I love that guy. Oh, Woodcox. I'm sorry. I'm probably butchering his name. Love that guy 100% because he always shouts me out. Um, Chef's Please, everybody, just thank you for the support. And I hopefully will continue to give you guys amazing desserts and continue to do what I love for everyone else. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, that's truly great to hear. All right, man. Well, before uh, we get off here, I got uh, the asked and answered portion. So I got three random questions for you. You got it. Shoot them at me. Your first one. Uh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Definitely an introvert. Um, I will say I am very, I'm very good at customer service, which is a small part of the extrovert side of me. But for the most part, I am very internal. I like to stay in my surroundings and in my comfort zone and at home with my family. So I'm definitely an introvert. That's good. Yeah, I am too. So no worries. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing sometimes. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, for your next question, what mm -hmm. are you interested in that most people aren't? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I am definitely, I will definitely say I am interested in, if the, and this might be slightly general, but I'm interested in anything abnormal. So anything that is unique in a sense. So I want to say like unique foods in a sense. Um, something that might, everybody might not like like chicken gizzards you know what i mean like I, i'm a lover of chicken gizzards my dad's chicken gizzard with fries is probably one of my favorite homemade meals you know what i mean yeah. or like if i'm out and i see a ripley's believe it or not bam that's me all day <laughs> every day i need to go see what unique little things are in there you know what i mean so yeah. anything unique or out of the norm is what i'm interested in <laughs> Great, man. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. All right. So for your final question, what TV show character would it be the most fun to change places with for a week? Man. Oh, that was a good, that, you asked some really <laughs> good questions, bro. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. That is really good. Uh, I would definitely say that one, one character I would want to change places with this is tough because I I don't watch as much TV, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of the characters that I do watch. Um, yeah. Dang, I, I wouldn't want to say, and this is going to sound goofy because this is going back to the wrestling side of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm almost dreading saying this. The Rock. Okay. All <laughs> Be right. Just because of his larger than life persona, um, okay. I admire that because um, it's something that I ultimately 
like when I'm doing my customer service, I kind of channel him in a sense because I feel like with customer service, you definitely want to give the best customer service possible, but you also want to put on a show and give an experience. And I feel like he gives an experience every single time he comes on the TV or he steps through the ropes or whether he's doing a movie, you know what I mean? His entire persona is that's that's honestly who I aspire to be. (laughs) That's great, man. Yeah, that's great to hear. All right, but before we we get out of here, do you want to tell people where they can find you so they can buy one of your delicious cheesecakes? Yes, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, just search Chef Life Creations. It's S H E F L Y F E, and Creations is spelled normally. Or you can find me on Instagram. The same spelling. Um, yeah, those are the definitely the two places you can find me. Or you can look up my general Facebook page by my name, Shavar Goodlow. Um, and that is where you could catch me for now. I, I will be expanding through the future though. Awesome, man. You know, I'm excited to see you expand and, and maybe one day have a storefront and have, uh, have, have your own shop that you get to run. Um, oh, definitely. I got to get to one of those cheesecakes out the, out there where you are, sir. Yeah, I definitely yeah. got to. I would love to have one, man. Uh, but if anybody out there is listening to this podcast and would love to be on it, you can find me on Instagram at everybody.is.a.somebody. Uh, I, I am dying to hear everybody's story who wants to tell it. Uh, but, you know, until next episode, Shivari, it was so great talking to you, man. You had such an amazing story. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. But uh, we'll see everybody next episode.